financial feminists. Today is a big day, probably one of the biggest days of my life thus far. Today, my debut book, Financial Feminist, Overcome the Patriarchy's Bullshit to Master Your Money and Build a Life You Love is here. Woohoo! My goodness! I'm so fucking excited! It is on bookshelves everywhere. Maybe it's already in your hands or on your phone or your e-reader as an ebook, or maybe you've already started listening to the audiobook read by me. I have spent four years, really longer than that, working on this book from its ideation to pitching to signing a book deal to research and writing and editing and editing some more and believe it or not, editing some more after that. So it has been a labor of love, but a labor nonetheless. And it would mean the world to me, truly mean the world to me. And it would just mean the most for this movement of financial feminism if you went today and bought a copy or two, makes a great New Year's gift. If you are trying to navigate the next year of your life and you're like, okay, this is the year I'm finally going to get my financial shit together, this book has everything you need, a one-stop shop. It is all about how to overcome your financial trauma, how to start saving money, how to spend according to your values, how to budget without wanting to die, how to start investing, how to negotiate your salary and earn what you're worth, and most importantly, how to make financial feminism a lifestyle, which includes voting with your dollars, using money as a tool to build not only the life you want, but also the community and the world you want. And part of building the world that we want is supporting our local independent bookstores. So if you can, please purchase Financial Feminist from your local bookstore. What you're about to hear today is an excerpt from the introduction to my book. This is the intro as read in the audiobook. So in it, I share my manifesto for this book, the why behind writing a book about money for women from a feminist perspective. We're going to walk you through exactly what you can expect from this book. It's a perfect little teaser, and it is the actual introduction So if you are wondering if this book is for you, if you're like, is this book going to say anything that I haven't heard on this podcast already? I mean, the answer is yes, but going to give you every single thing that is covered as well as really the thesis and the why behind this book. Fun fact, the introduction was the thing I wrote last. I wrote about 12 editions of it because it was the hardest thing to write by far. I just felt so fulfilled by it when I finally wrote it. And it's there's a fun little Easter egg when you get to the end of the book that relates back to the intro too. And I hope you see how much work went into it just by listening to this introduction. So without further ado, the introduction to my debut book, Financial Feminist. Introduction. I was about to become unemployed, and I had never felt better. In late 2017, I decided to leave my first stable job out of college as a social media marketer for another position. I had ignored all the red flags during the interview process and took the job anyway. Big mistake. After only a week, my boss called me into her office. I'd barely had a chance to memorize the code to the bathroom let alone work out how the company operated. But as I sat in her office taking notes, she told me, to my face, how she was worried that she would regret hiring me. I spent the next 10 weeks crying almost every day, panicked at the thought of looming termination. On Christmas Day, I had to excuse myself from my family dinner to stare at my computer screen with complete dread, finishing up a project that I was told would determine my fate at the company. I felt completely powerless, 
she had made me feel scared and small. If you picked up this book already knowing a bit of my story, the last words you'd use to describe me are scared or small. As the founder and CEO of the financial education company Her First 100K, I've spoken in front of thousands of people, currently host a chart-topping business podcast, and am regularly featured in bright lipstick and a leather jacket on platforms like The New York Times and The Today Show. I don't do scared or small. But during that time in a toxic job, I felt deeply ashamed and paralyzed, with my anxiety at an all-time high. Then I checked my bank account. For the past two years, I had diligently saved a portion of my paycheck for an emergency fund. I was slowly growing my first 100K, the personal origin story of the company I started on the side. This money's job was to sit patiently and wait for a flat tire, an unexpected medical bill, or a toxic job. I realized I didn't have to spend another day at that job because I had options. So, on a chilly day in January, I got to politely say fuck off to a bad situation. I walked out the door standing a little straighter, smiling for the first time in months. I was in control, as opposed to being controlled. It felt good. This is the feeling I want for every woman. I was lucky enough to have parents who gave me a financial education. I saw my dad routinely call our cable company to negotiate our bill. I saw my mom balance the checkbook on the 13th and 21st of every month, using software from the 1800s. They taught me how to be a smart saver, how to use a credit card responsibly, and how to use money as a tool to build a life you love. We worked together. My parents carefully saved, and I had three jobs while in school so that I could graduate debt-free from college. They didn't grow up with much, so they were committed to providing both an emotionally and financially stable life for me. And because I didn't know any different, I thought this was the case for everyone. I thought everyone had this kind of stability and guidance. But as I grew older, graduated high school, and went to college, I realized that financial education was a luxury only those with access to financial resources could pass on to their families. Having a financial education was a privilege. Being a cisgender, straight, able-bodied white woman with a middle-class upbringing was a privilege. And with that privilege came responsibility. I graduated from college in 2016, five months before Donald Trump was elected. As I came into womanhood, learning how to navigate my life and career in a society rooted in systemic oppression, I was deciding on the person I wanted to be and what I stood for. I began to unpack my own privilege and wanted to use that privilege to help others. It was the push 22-year-old me needed to build something larger than herself. And so I founded Her First 100K to fight financial inequality by giving women actionable resources to better their money. Nothing inspires me more than to see a woman standing in her own power. It's my favorite fucking thing. But when I entered the workforce as an adult, I saw sexism everywhere, to the point where women were so beaten down that they doubted their own power. I watched friends get paid less than they were worth. I saw women of color continually get passed over for opportunities. I learned that women hold the majority of debt in America and that they invest less of their money for retirement than men, though we live seven years longer. 
A financial foundation provides choices, small yet impactful choices, like the ability to take a revitalizing vacation, purchase little luxuries without guilt, or donate to causes you believe in. And big life stuff choices, like starting a business, having children, or retiring early. And most important, the choice to exit toxic situations, like leaving an emotionally abusive relationship or an anxiety-inducing job. Back in 2017, when I felt powerless and scared in a toxic situation, my bank account was the answer. My financial foundation meant I had options. We live in a patriarchal world, a system that aids and abets inequality. In this system that has gatekept financial information and tools from marginalized groups, it is an act of protest to be financially independent. It is an act of protest to overcome negative beliefs about money in order to save, pay off debt, invest, and find fulfilling work. It is an act of protest to prioritize rest instead of hustle, abundance rather than scarcity, and generosity in place of stockpiling. In a world that actively works to keep us playing small, it is an act of protest to be stable, content, and powerful. It's deeply important to acknowledge that there's only so much of our financial experience we can control. Personal finance is about 20% personal choice and 80% circumstantial. Yet historically, money experts' advice has suggested that if you're broke, in debt, or financially struggling, it's entirely your fault. We cannot discuss personal finance, money, or economics without discussing systemic oppression. Outside forces, including but not limited to racism, ableism, homophobia, recession, natural disaster, and lack of access to healthcare, paid leave, or child support, are much to blame for why you might be struggling financially. Financial feminism doesn't hand-wave away these structural problems in pursuit of individual women's success. This book does not solve inequality. It does not solve or support capitalism. It's not, I did it, so you can do it too, inspiration porn, or a pedestal for hustle culture. Rather, it's a survival guide. While we work to change the system that currently exists, we must navigate it to the best of our ability. We still have to pay our rent, buy groceries, and take care of ourselves. A financial feminist is someone who embraces the power they already possess in order to help themselves and those around them to reach financial equality. Once you are taken care of, are stable, content, and thriving, you will not only have a full cup, but also be able to fill others' cups too. I've seen how financial feminism changes women's lives through my work at Her First 100K. Danielle, a woman who approached me outside of an art museum in Florence, rescued herself and her daughter from her abusive husband, started her own business, and was on her eat, pray, love trip to Italy. Moji, who had always felt scared to negotiate her pay, now asks for her worth and asserts herself as a black woman in the largely white industry that she works in. Liz went from having to take a second antidepressant because of her demanding nine-to-five to owning her own tech company. She now makes $60,000 more than she made in her former job and feels more confident than ever. This book is yours. Throughout, I will encourage reflection and to-dos, 
so make sure you have a Google Doc open or a notebook close by. We also have accompanying resources, tips, and guides at herfirst100k.com slash book resources. These are included with the purchase of your book, so please use them. This book is intended to be listened to slowly over multiple sit-downs and will work best for you if you actually implement change. Do not try to listen all the way through in one sitting. You will get overwhelmed and never pick it up again. Give yourself grace and take breaks. In the same vein, please do not be a passive listener. Use the material to actually make changes in your life. It may be tempting to skip sections, especially if you're financially struggling right now and you're just trying to find a quick fix. But I intentionally wrote this book in the order it is written to help you to see a shift in your relationship with money in the long term. So please listen to it sequentially. Woven throughout the book are interviews with experts and stories from the Her First 100K community. I did this for a few reasons. First, I wanted to showcase and amplify different perspectives, especially for marginalized groups. During moments of vulnerability, like learning about money, it adds a layer of comfort and inspiration when someone shares an experience that might be similar to yours. And second, I'm not the be-all and end-all authority on everything, so I brought in some other experts to help. Financial feminism is best summed up in one of my favorite quotes. When you have all you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. The mission of financial feminism is to do everything in your power to create a sturdy, beautiful table for yourself and then invite others to it, rather than gatekeeping that abundance. And when everyone at the table is nourished, we start to tear down the fences others have built. When we are taken care of, only then can we work to change the system that disenfranchises so many. This book is here to give you the tools to help you navigate your financial life so that when you are financially stable and financially well, we can fight against the system together. Welcome to my table, financial feminists. Let's dig in. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Thank you, truly thank you for your support. I truly believe that this book is a resource that can change the world or help change the world, especially in your hands. You don't need to be empowered. You already have power. I just need you to learn how to use it. And I think that this book can be a tool, can be a catalyst for you to use this power to build a life that you truly love and then work to make change in our systems to help other women use their power too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're ready to grab your copy of Financial Feminist, head over to wherever books are sold, or you can go online, herfirst100k.com slash book. We can get you to the local bookstore or the nearest bookstore that stocks it. There's also an ebook version as well as the audiobook version that you just heard read by me. And if you're reading, highlighting, journaling, please take a photo, make a video if you see it in your bookstore. Literally, y'all, again, I've said this before. You heard me say this a million times, but the only thing that has been keeping me going this past year of just absolutely like banging my head against a wall trying to get this book done is the realization that you all are going to have it in your hands, that I'm going to be able to see its impact, that I want to see your takeaways. I want to see what you're highlighting. I want to see where you're bookmarking, or uh, I just can't wait to see it. So please post on Instagram, tag us. It's a great way to share the mission of the book, and it just makes me all giddy inside. 
Another way you can help us is by leaving a review of the book, especially on Goodreads. If you're unsure what to write, maybe share your biggest takeaway or your favorite chapter of the book, or maybe what you learned while doing the homework. And if buying a book isn't in your budget, please check out your local library and ask for a copy if they don't have one already. And yes, you can still review on Goodreads if you get your book from a library or even borrow from a friend. Thank you all as always. Cannot thank you enough for your support of the book. I hope you enjoyed this little teaser. Tag us in your takeaways and I will see you next week. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being Financial Feminists. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Financial Feminist, a Her First 100K podcast. Financial Feminist is hosted by me, Tori Dunlap, produced by Kristen Fields, marketing and administration by Karina Patel, Olivia Koning, Sharice Wade, Alina Helzer, Paulina Isaac, Sophia Cohen, Valerie Oresco, Jack Koning, and Anna Alexandra. Research by Ariel Johnson. Audio engineering by Austin Fields. Promotional graphics by Mary Stratton. Photography by Sarah Wolf. And theme music by Jonah Cohen Sound. A huge thanks to the entire Her First 100K team and community for supporting the show. For more information about Financial Feminist, Her First 100K, our guests, episode show notes, and our upcoming book, also titled Financial Feminist, visit herfirst100k.com.